All right, we are in week five. This is week five of our Family Matters series. If you're here and this is, if, if our week five is your week one, let me just explain to you what this series is all about. Um, family matters, y'all. In the kingdom of God, family matters. And we, we are living in a culture that increasingly sees family under attack. We see um, family is not valued. And I believe this, that if the church is going to speak to culture, then the church needs to live the truth, right? So we have, we have um, currency in our pocket to say truth about family. So in the kingdom of God, family matters. God uses family in the kingdom to portray truth about who he is, right? So we've, we've talked about all kinds of stuff. And today and next week, we're going to make this, um, I'm just going to make an executive decision that is a two-parter, right? So you'll get part one today, or I don't know, part .75, and then next week we'll finish it out. Because we're going to finish just talking about that, the fact that family leaves. Family leaves. And the reason why that feels, ugh, is because sometimes family doesn't leave well. Sometimes family doesn't leave the right way. But, um... To go, don't raise your hands if this applies to you. But I know that there are parents of like 30-year-olds who are like, dear God, please help family leave, right? I don't know if you know something, but back in 2017, the Pew Research Center did a study. Here's what they found. 36% of adults ages 18 to 31 still live at home. And I, th I thought this was interesting. I don't know why. I have to dig deeper into the study to find out why. By the way, if you're between 18 and 31 and you still live at home, we're not shaming you, right? We're not shaming you at all, okay? It's, there's seasons for stuff, but this is just about like, if you all see the movie Failure to Launch, <laughs> it's about that, right? Like, like, we want you to go and let's launch and go and be successful and go and live your life and all the things. So that study that found that 36% of adults still live with their parents also found, and this is specifically stated in the study, that the rate can be as high as 45% for states like New Jersey. What's going on in New Jersey? Could be that it's really expensive to move out, right? I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into this. The point is that family leaves. That's kind of how it's supposed to happen. Just to give you some scripture, and then we're going to have our good friends Cecil and Debbie come and share a story or two or some, and some verses this morning just about how they've lived this out in their lives. I just want to show you that it's biblical first. So if you're a note taker, let me give you a couple scriptures that prove this, this, this truth. Goodbyes are inevitable. Y'all know that I was a youth pastor for 20-some-odd years, a long time, the best two decades of my life probably um, and this was the verse that fueled my entire youth ministry. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 15. I'm going to start it in verse 12. And this is what Peter writes. He says, so I will always, how often? Always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I don't have time to go into this, but just a quick note to all of you mature believers who think you're too mature to hear basic gospel. He just said, I will always remind you even though you're firmly established. Just verse 13. I think it's right to refresh your memory. 
as long it's like he knows me. I forget stuff all the time, right? I think it's right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body. Because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. Verse 15, this was my youth ministry verse. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. God spoke to me one time in youth ministry. He said, here's the truth. The one thing that's inevitable in youth ministry is a goodbye. Either, and this happens, sometimes youth pastors leave the church and go to another church. That's a goodbye. Or sometimes parents in a church choose to leave the church, and so they usually take their family with them. So teenagers leave the church, and that's a goodbye. He said, are you preparing for the goodbye? Are you making every effort so that when that goodbye happens, the people that you've been entrusted with can still live out the truth that you've taught them? John 16, 7 Jesus is talking. He says, but very truly, I tell you, not just truly, but very truly. So we should probably lean in, lean in and listen. It's for your good that I go away. Unless I go away, unless I leave, Jesus says, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Goodbyes are inevitable. And since they are inevitable, we've got to prepare for them. We've got to live in a way that we're preparing for the day, right? So here's one more verse, and then we'll get Cecil and Debbie up here. 2 Timothy 2.2. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. We will talk even more about that next week. But let me just say this. The three passages that we just read all were written towards the end of the writer's life. Now, I don't like to admit it, but I'm older. Wait, look, that felt awful. I'm old-ish, right? And I've noticed this. As your children get older, as you get older, you start talking like this. I'm not sick I have a really good resting heart rate. I don't think I'm going to be in heaven next week. But here's the thing. How do we know? Right? I've watched strong people die. And so now I, I spend a lot of my time, Jan will back me up on this with a big amen, I, I think a lot about when I'm gone. Because the Bible says that someday I will be. And when I'm gone... What will happen when the goodbye happens? And so we have to live towards that, right? Now, I know that this morning, I, I think, I don't want, y'all can say what you want, but I think that what they're going to talk about is kind of like, in church, what do you do? How do you, if you feel like you're supposed to leave a church, how would you do that, right? Because there are, there are times to leave a church, and there are times not to leave a church. I don't know what they're going to say, but I'll just tell you that just the one time to not ever leave a church is when you're offended and they didn't do it the way you liked. Like, that's just not the way to leave a church, right? That's not the time to leave a church. That's the time to have conversations about maybe leaving a church. I'll let y'all do what you do, right? So would you just welcome Cecil and Debbie as they come. Cecil is Cecil's an elder here at the church, and Debbie is the reason why he's an elder. 
it's so true, right? Um, and I just asked them, you know, we've had, tried to have stories throughout this, this series, and they were like, man, when you talk about family leaving, can we be the ones that share the story? They are such a gift to our church. Um, and and what, what we're talking about today and next week is a big part of y'all's story. And they have modeled well how to and how not to, all those things, right? So um, they're, they're great teachers, too. So if you're a note taker, this is your day. Get out your app, whatever. Like, make sure you're taking notes, write stuff down. Thanks for sharing. Well, good morning, gathering. Uh, I'm Cecil. This is my wife, Debbie. Just a little short intro. Uh, we've been here a little over three years. The reason we know that is Pastor Bridget gave us our form to get our background check renewed. <laughs> you got to do that every three years, so uh, you stay around long enough and they'll remind you. Uh, we've been married 45 years. Uh, we've been in the kingdom. <laughs> Amen. Uh, she's, the re she's the reason. I mean, it statistically says if you, a man finds a wife he finds good and favor from the Lord. So when I found her, I found favor and good. But we've been in the kingdom about 30 years, so you can do the math. We've not always been born again, spirit-filled, following the Lord in our marriage. So when we, 30 years ago, when we walked into a Pentecostal Word of Faith church in Atlanta, Georgia, led by the Holy Spirit, our whole life changed. And so what we've learned, and, and I'll share real quickly, is there is a right way and a wrong way to leave. Uh, and as Pastor preached several weeks ago about that piece of visqueen up there, you know, I'm 74 in December, so I'm probably almost the oldest guy here. So that piece of visqueen seems to be there. So I'm really concerned about what I leave. And Debbie and I really want to model for people uh, how God intends for a marriage and for a church to operate. He spoke to me last night. He says, there is eternal significance in what you are doing here today. He said, look around at everybody that's here. We represent families. We re represent generations of families. We represent generations and generations. And God the Father models his kingdom to the world through his family, which is called the church. So that is my heart's cry, that you would understand that what you're doing here today, sitting in the seat, is significant. All of those children that are in the back are being influenced for the future because you brought them. So family matters. And this whole series really has been our heart cry about we like to preach and teach and minister on marriage and family. So Family does a lot of things. I'm going to take some of Pastor Paul's notes from a couple weeks ago because it really spoke to me. And sometimes an individual leaves or a family leaves. But the two scriptures that God gave me, the first one was Pastor Paul gave us as the overarching scripture for this series. is Psalm 68, verse 5 and 6. I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. I've, he read, we always think about one part of it, but I want you to hear the whole thing. To the fatherless, he is a father. To the widow, he is a champion friend. The lonely, he makes part of a family. The prisoners, he leads into prosperity until they sing for joy. This is our holy God, 
in his holy place. But for the rebels, there is heartache and despair. They live in a sun-scorched land. And that last part is what I want you all to understand, that we want you all to avoid. Because what we've seen in 30 years of ministry, because we got launched into leadership like about the third day we were there uh, and didn't get a chance to be junior Christians. We were just leaders. We've watched people walk in the scorched land because they, they've left the wrong way. You know, they've had odd in their heart. Now, we've been in four. This is our fifth church in 30 years. We've been sent from three of those. One doesn't exist. It fell apart, destroyed. It doesn't exist. But thank God for Proverbs 4.23. It says, above all else, guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. We just grabbed a hold of that, and we didn't get a hold of the mess. We just said, God, what do you want us to do? And about 10 years later, here we are. And the second scripture that I really want in your heart is, but now God has set all, set the members, each one of them in the body just as he pleased. 1 Corinthians 12, 18. So we have a choice in what church we go to. God says, I'm setting you in there. You either agree with it or you rebel. I'm an elder, so I can say things like that. I want you to understand when he puts you in a church, you're there until he sends you out. Uh, or we'll talk about one alternative. So family does a lot of things. Now I want you to remember the, uh, the plural pronoun we. Because pastor has these uh, uh, big ideas, so this is your big idea. Family does a lot because we recognize the value of we. And we are willing to make the investment. So we value each other. And we will make the investment that it takes for us to be successful. So some of the points that Pastor Paul made, I'm going to run through very quickly and let Debbie speak. But I just want to, and I've added a couple more, not because Pastor Paul missed them, it's just because I wanted to. We are in covenant with each other in Jesus Christ. If you're a, a member of the gathering, have signed the covenant form, that is a legal binding agreement with Jesus Christ. We do that together. We share meals. We share life, communion together as a family. We celebrate wins. Go Tennessee. Uh, <laughs> And we mourn their losses last week, two weeks ago. We protect. We look, we look out for others. We tolerate one another in weaknesses, in their weakness. We forgive one another as Christ forgave. We believe in our family and each other. We stay connected. We value others and make investments in each other, time and our energy and emotions and finances. We show up not only physically but emotionally and spiritually, we serve in our church and in our community. We fight for and with each other. We grow together. We play together. We multiply. We communicate with each other. And we leave. Sometimes it's for natural reasons. You know, we pass. Uh, we leave for school, jobs. But there are supernatural reasons, and that's our that's our heart cry for you to understand. There are supernatural reasons for you to leave the gathering because we are a church that believes in sending people out. To be missionaries, church planners, or some other type of ministry work. Because of all these things family does for each other and the eternal significance. That was the word that God gave me this morning. Eternal significance. It is important how we leave. 
And with that, I will let my wife speak a little bit. She's got two pages of notes. Page and a half. <clears throat> well, like everybody's been saying, there is, there always comes a time to leave. Or maybe a better word would be to move on. You know, leave kind of has a, um, a heavier connotation, but maybe it's just time to move on. And, you know, like, like has been said, you know, you, you got to leave home at some point, right? Right? It took a long time for our son to understand that. But he did, finally. Um, it's a job. Maybe a job is taking you to a new location. Um, it's time to, to, well, no, I take that back. Uh, let me re rephrase that. It's time to leave a job. It's time to leave a neighborhood, or it's time to leave a church. <clears throat> what we really want to do when that moment comes, and you're going, oh, i really got to leave. When that moment comes, what you really want to do, and if, think about this. What you want to do is to back up the U-Haul to the door at midnight and just go off into the night. That way you can avoid all the emotions, all the goodbyes, all the drama, because there's usually some drama. You just, you just want to avoid the goodbyes. But if you do that, it causes, if you just walk away, it causes a tear. It causes a, a, a wound to our soul, to the atmosphere, to the relationships. Um, and we learned early, early on in our walk with the Lord, from a teaching um, from John Maxwell. Some of you all know who he is. Very prominent leader in the, in the Christian arena. He, learned, he taught us about how to learn, how to leave correctly and in a health, healthy way. How to leave a place or a community. And because we're in a church setting. That's what I'm going to focus on. The but the principles that I'm going to give you today apply universally, whether you're leaving a job, a community, um, home. Maybe you're just leaving home. Um, again, like it's been said, sometimes it's life issues. It's a new job taking you to a new location. Family circumstances change, and a move is involved. And then there are other times, and probably this has probably been the hardest one for us, is when God says it's time to leave. And there's nothing in the natural to indicate why. Uh, but God, the church is growing. Oh, God, every, we're leaders and everything is wonderful. But God says it's time to leave. I want you to move to Florida. Oh, but God, I hate Florida. Oh, but by my grace, you can do it. <laughs> Going, okay. Um, and then there are things, sometimes there are things going on in the church, things that you don't agree with. We were in a scenario, another time, another story, but the church was disintegrating around us. Um, and then there is the thing the pastor mentioned, I'm offended. 
I don't like the way they're doing that. I could do it better. They ought to do it their, their, they ought to do it my way. Let me just tell you how to do this. But, and it's this last scenario, those last several scenarios when it's a supernatural thing, God's spoken to you, um, I don't like the way things are going, or things are falling around, falling, falling out around you, that's when you really need to go to God and really think about it. I want you to, what you really have to do is say to yourself, not to your neighbor, not to your friends, why am I leaving? No, really, why am I leaving? What, what's at the root of this thing? Why? Why am I leaving? And then I double dog dare you to write it out. Because when you, I find that when I write things out, a lot more truth gets written down. You, you really begin, keep digging down. Why am I leaving? Well, I don't like that. Well, yeah, why don't you like that? Well, you know, keep going deeper. Well, that's not how I do things. Well, a little bit deeper. Well, I have a better idea. Well, but you don't know the big picture. So anyway, <clears throat> write it out. Think about why, why, why am I leaving? And then, of course, regardless of reason, seek the Lord in prayer. And then go to the pastor. That's what we did each time, with one exception. But you go to the pastor, and I'm not talking about grabbing him before he gets up on the platform or after he's all wore out from preaching his heart out to you. Make an appointment and go to him and discuss what's going on in your life or in your heart. And again, I recommend that you write a letter. Write a letter to your pastor outlining all those things so that you can, you can, you can get beyond all the purge out the emotion and get to the facts and to your real why, the why that you've got sorted out in your brain and in your heart. And then you give him a copy and you keep a copy and you talk to them about it. It makes it much easier. That way you're not crying and tissues and tears and all that sort of thing. And then be open to the pastor's counsel. That's probably the hardest part because you probably had your mind all made up when you walked in. But <clears throat> be open because they, again, can see usually things that you cannot see. And then together, plan a time frame for your departure, if that's what you settle on, especially, especially, especially if you're in leadership. And then, ah, as you make your plans to leave, you know, you've settled on, okay, we're going to really leave. Keep your pastors informed of what's going on, your plans. <clears throat> if you are in leadership, <clears throat> church ministry, or home group, you need to talk to those who are under you. You need to talk to them about why you're leaving. But first, you've got to sort out the real why. And then... Um, Let's see. Ah. If there are issues of ought between you and your leadership, you don't need to talk about that with your people that you are leading. And then, 
if it's appropriate, think ahead of time who you're going to recommend to replace you. Because when you, when you go, it creates a vacuum. And this is what I told my last pastor. She was like all tears and woe is us and woe is me when Cecil and I announced that we were going to leave. And this is what I kept telling her. I said, when we leave, it's going to create a vacuum. And what's going to happen is there are people out there who are sitting out there who aren't doing, they're not fulfilling what they're supposed to be doing. But when that vacuum is created, they will step up. They'll have to. Praise God. And as we look back and we go back, we've seen it happen. Praise God. Okay, and so then when you leave, leave. Don't try to be taking people with you, especially if you're in art. And when you leave, always speak well of the place that you've left. If you've got an issue, <coughs> do not speak negatively about the church or the leadership that you left behind. If you're going to leave, leave. Now, a warning. <coughs> If you leave with aught or offense in your heart, it's probably going to follow you wherever you go. And if, when you're in like your next church and the next church, and you hear yourself saying things like, why does this always happen to me? Why does that always come up? It might be a clue that it's about you and not the church. Because churches are made up of people. And none of us are perfect. And we all need Jesus. So, hold on. And then, as a leader, or as other people, you know, just a person in the pew, hold on to people lightly, because people are going to leave. They are. And when they leave, love them. Just love them. People are people, and people leave. And if someone is leaving or has left, honor their choices and extend the same grace to them that you would want if you were in their place. And then the results of leaving well, if you're going to be in the same community, <laughs> once you leave, you don't need to feel like you need to hide from those people when you see them out in the store or at Walmart. I mean, I don't know if you've ever encountered that. Cecil and I did once because the church we left, it was kind of like a bad scene. And I remember we'd see people and, and they'd see us and we'd all go. <laughs> but then, um, anyway, hopefully you'll never have to feel like you need to avoid people or they feel like they need to avoid you because you left the church. And then finally, we've learned that when we've worked to depart in a gracious and open and honoring way, we can always go back. We can always go back and visit and be received with love. Um, and, and I suppose, if it need be, we could be returned back into the fold. But I can tell you that we left a, um, when we left the church in Atlanta, there were about, what, 500 people? And now they're at... 
Yeah, he, what he said. <laughs> there are more people in the ch this church that we left 25 years ago. There are more people in that church now on, on a weekend than there are in Albemarle. And when we, when we walked back in, pastors see us, and they just embrace us. I mean, it's just so sweet. So leave with honor and leave openly. And so that's really our testimony, that we've left and we've always tried to leave with grace and honor, honor for our, our leadership and the other people that we were with. And just one, one final thought. Um, Pastor Paul talked about uh, the significance of what you leave and, and the scripture the Lord gave me this morning falls right in line with that. It says to remember your leaders. This is Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7. And I'm going to read verse 8 because they kind of go together. Remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow the example of their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what we've seen is as we follow after those who are inheriting the promises of God that we see are admirable, that we're going to leave a legacy of people that are following us, and that's our encouragement for you. That's why it's significant for you to be here and to work through issues as a family. Family fights with each other and for each other, and we value each other from the least to the most significant. And, and God the Father is so pleased with all of you. I mean, he's just smiling with, I've told one person, a Cheshire cat smile over his family is together in one place, in one accord, studying his word. And as Pastor Paul said, as Peter said, uh, I'm going to preach the word because that's what Paul, Pastor Paul, or the Apostle Paul told his uh, disciple Timothy, preach the word instant in season and out because people will not there will become a time when people won't listen to it but preach the word stand on it that's the foundation and I'll leave you with our capstone uh, scripture and I'll pray and then I'll let, let Pastor Paul have this back I usually just give, drop the mic and run uh, I'm getting better our, the scripture that God really gave us and, and for those that are more mature I, I, you need to grab a hold of things that are in the Bible Psalm 92 in the Amplified the classic version, not the diet version, uh, verses 12 and 13, I believe it is. The uncompromisingly righteous shall flourish like palm trees, be long lives, stately, upright, useful, and fruitful. They shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon, majestic, stable, durable, and upright. Planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish in the courts of our God. Growing in grace, they shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap, of spiritual vitality, and rich in the verdure of trust, of love, and contentment. They are living memorials to show that the Lord is upright and faithful to his promises. He is my rock, and in him there is no unrighteousness. And Father, thank you for the opportunity to share a little bit of our life and our testimony. And I thank you it's fallen on fertile ground. I thank you, Father God, that we grab a hold of the significance of the family of God. In Jesus' name, amen. So good.
All right, now we're getting ready to go out, out there and eat pizza. Um, that's what's here today. Did you feel the spirit when I said pizza? Um, next week when you come back, so listen, next week we're going to talk about how to pass the baton, right? Um, and it's funny because I was listening to y'all talk, and I kept, I'm, I was cracking myself up. Y'all ever crack yourself up? I kept laughing going like, man, I bet people think there's a problem here, but there's not. We just believe this, that our, our job is to send the body out. So turn to the person next to you and say, you're going to get sent. It's going to happen. It's just, it's just going to happen because that's what we pray for. And so next week we're going to talk about practically what that looks like. How do we send? How do we pass the baton and say, go run like crazy for the gospel? Thanks again for sharing, y'all. It was fantastic. Let's pray and then we'll go eat some pizza. God, we're so grateful for you and for what you've done here this morning. I, I thank you for the, the moments at the altar when people were set free and delivered and when I just get to watch the body minister to the body. What a privilege that is. Thank you for Debbie and for Cecil, God. Thank you for the gift that they are for sure here at the gathering, but to you, God, the gift that they are in your kingdom. Thank you for the wisdom that they're able to share with us today and, and just to help us prepare for when you do send us, God, how we can honor those relationships as we go with the gospel. And right now, Lord, we pray, bless this pizza to our bodies, God. Fill our bodies and fill our souls as we have conversation. In your name, Jesus, amen. Amen. Listen, as you're heading out that way, people ask all the time, why don't you pass an offering plate? There's boxes on the wall. If you want to give, you can do that. You'll find a slide for giving through our app. But mostly we just ask you go get pizza and hang out and talk and build relationships. If you got kids in the back, grab them first and then go eat. We'll see you Wednesday at prayer.